right, welcome everybody to our first racist edition of uh, Innovation Crush. So uh, the, pretty soon we'll just break out into like a verbal fight, maybe maybe violence. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, just kidding. This is Innovation Crush, and this is not uh, a racist moment. But if you guys are tuning in for the first time ever, the show covers all things marketing, innovation, ideas, creativity, and the ball does not stop rolling today with the man of the hour and the Rick and Morty T-shirt, uh, which you earned. I, I heard. I heard you really earned that the T-shirt. Well, yeah, I, I didn't pay for it. <laughs> Dan Harmon, say hello. Hello, hello. How are you doing? In, in, innovation greetings to all of you. Innovation greetings. What is an innovation? I wonder what that would mean. Well, it's it's when you don't greet. It's just walk right, right by people. Yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's, it's called peer to peer greeting, and uh, it's 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 a it's a new way to greet. It's it's like the Uber of greeting. You there let, you go. You let someone else greet everybody else. <laughs> And you stay you, out of it. Th- this is how innovation happens on this show. <laughs> it's randomized Uberizing of greetings. Um, before we get started, I got kind of a joke gift, but not really a joke gift. Oh. Um, because every when I looked at the trailer for your documentary and some other stuff, everybody's like, alcoholic, alcoholic. But uh, we have some really great friends at the Detroit Distillery in, uh, in my hometown of Detroit. And so here's a, a little bottle of... Uh, uh, first, first run gin from Fantastic. the distillery. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so enjoy that. Um, so speaking of hometowns, Milwaukee is yours. Mm-hmm. Um, did uh, you know when I think about uh, the Laverne and Shirley's of the world and the um, step by step? Dare I say? <laughs> yeah. Uh, were you, did you have any early like influences? For, you know, from home or or was it like or was there any sort of Milwaukee influence on your? On your comedic career this far? Oh, of course, everything. I mean, if I hadn't left Milwaukee, um, you know, having met all of the people and trained under the people and had all the experiences that I had in Milwaukee, I, the only other place I've ever been is Los Angeles. So everything I am was created in Milwaukee, including like a really, really supportive um, theater community. I mean, it's a it's a great place to cut your teeth because um, it it. It's a small city, but there's enough people that they – if you stand on a corner and say, I'm a welder long enough, someone will need something welded. you know. And if you you can do the same thing and say, I'm a writer. Um, right. Because, but, I mean, you're not going to get paid a lot. It's not the city that, that where, where writers <laughs> flock to to, to, exactly. to get mansions. But at the same time, if you just say, I'm a writer, I'm a writer, I'm a writer, it's the kind of town where you end up writing for the mayor, which I did, you know, like, or it's, it's, it's got, it's got one of everything. It's right. Like a, it's, it's almost like a simulated city. Cause it's just like clean and nice and, um, and uncomplicated, but still qualifies as a city. So I, you know, I, I from a very young age decided that I wanted to be doing comedy stuff and I was definitely unfunny enough back then that if I had been in a larger city or a less supportive city, I never would have, I would be, I would be welding (laughs) because (laughs) if I had been born in Chicago, I think even like, uh, you know, I would have been discouraged and also People would have discouraged me. So it was, it was like middle of the road enough of a of a city because you know, me growing up in Detroit, it was like either teacher, uh, you know, civic worker, or or you worked at one of the auto plants. Like it was, you know, it was like three or four choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, but yeah, there was a thriving like black box theater community there. I I, I I I got to choose like every type of little thing I I 
I wanted to experience. You know, right. like, everything had, had a had a kind of parallel to things that I would understand when I moved to LA. So, for instance, when I came to LA, I knew already I'm going to focus on writing because I already know just from being in Milwaukee that that the theater is fun, but it's I'm never going to be the best, right? Because you know, there were already better actors than me in Milwaukee, but there was no better writers. So, so what? So what? Hey, fuck it? you, writers in Milwaukee. You hear me? <laughs> fuck the fuck the Milwaukee writers. Um, that's way, that's a good shout out to the hometown. Though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, people! <laughs> I, that was the that was the that was like the the most labyrinthine way of saying the most pretentious thing I've ever heard myself say, and I've said a lot of pretentious stuff, <laughs> which is ironic because uh, you know I'm, I'm going to skip ahead in my own notes because um it, because I know you say that in jest and is, as, and you're kidding, um but there was a quote that I, I read and it's like he has given hope to those of us who don't fit in, mm. right? Um and I wanted to know from your perspective what that means. Oh, uh, I think, well, I've always been, I've always had like kind of class issues. I mean, I, I, especially after I moved to LA and started working in TV, I, I don't, and I think it's always been sort of a stumbling block for me. Um, I'm very, very conscious of, of like wealth and whether you were born with it or whether you earned it and stuff. And I like, I, it, it, it maybe because of that and combined with the fact that I was like most writers a nerd in in um, grade school junior high high school and I don't know why I'm qualifying it with a time period I am a nerd um, but <laughs> you've but, always but been. always have right. been I mean but like beyond being a nerd I mean I'm like 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 didn't even you know I didn't fit in with humanity like it was sort of like it was it was a constant source of sort of friction and I I, I I loved television and I loved movies and I loved my computer. I loved everything that wasn't people that was about people. Right. Um, and uh, and so those two things, like growing up poor, worshiping this box in the living room that, that had these nicer, well-structured, funny, thoughtful, evolving people on it, um, and then deciding – I'm so smart. I want to go out to the Emerald City where they make this. They make these people talk, and I'm going to really impress my parents, and, and I'm going to start making them talk too. And like, come, I think all that carries with it this sort of feeling like, well, I'm not on your side when I'm working for you. Right. I'm on the audience's side. I'm like one of those obnoxious socialist senators, or like, like you know, like that, that, that won't stop talking about mass transit when all you want to do is is, 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 is talk about Iraq, you know, or, or the Dan Harmon filibuster. Yeah, I'm that I'm, I'm I fancy myself like that 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 the, the civil servant when I when I'm, when I'm working in TV because uh, yeah because I do well even even along those lines like, I mean you know one of the highlights of your career has been the creation of community and and everyone knows that and, and I think you know this idea that you're representing this kind of underserved or misunderstood community uh, you know not to uh, alliterate but. It, it, I liked that there was an underpinning in that show, uh, and it was in it because you came from a community college yourself, and there's this um, there's this idea of almost like the educational system failing us, and and I, and I don't know if you had if you had that in, intention, but you know what is the social commentary version of you know either that in community or just in your work in general? I mean, d- definitely everything that I right and especially community uh, it, it, it the only point of view the uh, like that could be called political or socioeconomic or anything the the show's only religion 
if you will, was that people are more important than systems, and that's it. And and um, and everything else was just questions that I that no one should have the answers to. It's like 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 issues about you know je- jealousy or about about race or uh, sexuality or like 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 government or whatever. It's like those are just the stories don't have morals to them. The moral is just it's hard to be human. It's crazy what we do to each other and ourselves. But the but the show was I think very adamant about the fact that if there's something that's not human um, in a relationship with something that is human, then you should always side with the, the, the human. Like, like even if you and me and two other people form a club, uh, we call it the innovationists or something, like it, it has a checking account now. It has a schedule. It, it becomes a system. It doesn't have a heart. It doesn't have a brain. It right. doesn't have anything. And it, there's four individuals in it, but it's now a, it's now a thing. And to the extent that that thing starts making the decisions for us, it's like we're we may we may find that it, it, it you know it, it empowers us in some ways. Um, yeah. And and, and the, but the, the the you know I I'm not saying that systems shouldn't exist. I'm just saying that I hate the fact that they have become somehow our favorite thing on a list on a two two item list well how do you like do you have any thoughts on like how you preserve the purity of something as it evolves right like you look at comic-con mm-hmm. you're a nerd right so you go comic-con there's certain there's a certain subgroup of people that like hate comic-con now who are fans of it you know in, originally um because it became a big thing it became this thing um you know have you encountered a need to i don't know like think about the res- re- preserving the purity of something that you, that you create i think fragmentation has always been our best friend in that regard like because you can never go back um i was a communications major in college and I, you know, I remember the professor saying, so direct broadcast satellite, artificial intelligence, uh, cable TV, uh, uh, you know, he listed about, or MP3 technology at the time was just becoming a thing. And it, like, are these things good or are they bad? And, and he, he did this big lecture and then at the end, we were all waiting for the answer because he's telling these stories about how some of them ruin things and some of them, some of and, and he said, they're always, it's always more good and more bad. That's it. That's the only thing that happens. And one thing that you can guarantee is that you can't go back. You just can't. I remember, watching i think charlie rose and the the guy from metallica and I, was it was it chuck d where we're 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 on or was it dr dre and i see it is the racist hour. See? I, see, yeah, I don't remember I knew, I knew it was coming but i don't remember the white guy from chuck metallica d, dr dre or, flavor <laughs> flavor one of those guys <laughs> Play, that's my flavor, flavor. No, it was wendy williams where's a giant clock <laughs> so for people like me that can just be racist and go ah that's that, that's that guy with the clock um the it was was it dre it, what, what, did, 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 did you do you do you remember what I'm talking about? I'm looking over at my assistant. I know. Uh, and they both just no. I wish I knew because he was the smart one on the show because he was saying he was saying that same thing. The Metallica guy was all up in arms about MP3 and Napster and stuff. Remember, right. remember when he was going nuts about that? Um, and the other guy was saying this is you know this is the same thing we went through it with cassettes and all this stuff. Right. Um, you can't you can't bet against technology. It's always going to like move forward because it, technology has a relationship with the consumer. That blah blah blah. So going back to your Comic Con thing, you're never going to be able 
able to take Comic-Con, which has become can for nerds or even not nerds. It's become a, a pop culture festival right. in which, you know, I was I was working at comic books back in the 90s. And you, that was a that was a mecca where everyone was safe that didn't feel safe anywhere else. You, they would you would you would go there and you would fill your bag with with uh, co- comic books and stuff. And you could you, because you were probably larger than your average uh hiker you you could just plop down on the convention floor <laughs> right. sit against the wall that was the, that was what comic-con was it was it like, still happens now they're just in the way well now they get cattle prodded by right Bruce exactly. Willis's, uh, <laughs> security team you know you really they yeah. literally have a rule there you cannot sit on the floor um and that was a that was a that was a big deal but are we going to go back no because yeah bruce willis needs to get through and aren't you glad he's here the the good news is since comic-con is so popular like that Obviously, you're filling that place with millions of people, each of whom, if they have a complaint about that, they go like, oh, man, this place used to be smaller. Then they, then they get to go start their own thing. And there's right. 690-something comic book conventions a year. That's that's two a day. You would you literally cannot uh, go to every single one. <laughs> and that is a result of Comic-Con. Right. Um, and so it's fragmentation, you know, just as surely as Milton Berle is, 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 should be thanked if you like the IFC channel because as technology progresses it gets jackhammered into these chunks yeah. um you know it's it, it, it i think that's our only recourse to purity is the, the punk rock like you know so like i'm sick of the beatles i want to say fuck the queen in a basement you know for right. 30 people like like there's always going to be somebody some son eating the father going like this is getting mainstream this is getting hacked the son eats the father that's uh-huh. pretty pretty graphic you are a writer i can, I can tell no, no, I just, I'm just really hungry and I hate my dad. <laughs> I'm hungry and I hate my dad. That'll be the title of this episode. Uh, <laughs> um, do you still feel isolated? Do, you know, you talk about this journey as you were you were a nerd before being a nerd was cool, and if you know you talk about this underrepresented group, right? Do you still feel like you're? I don't know, like you're not part of the the group in any way? Yeah, I guess. I, guess, I mean, I think. I bet I bet almost any writer would say this or any creative probably is that you you if you go into it for the reasons I did which I think are all too common which is kind of like what I'm learning in therapy is called workaholism but what I always thought was just sort of I don't know codependence with humanity or something where you're like you just want to prove you're useful you just want to you just want people to you want to? I think we all have like from our chimpanzee circuitry, like we are deathly afraid of getting excommunicated from the fig tree. You know, like we're worried that because we we it's an, it's an actual life and death thing that's in our DNA that like if enough people start looking at you sideways, you might starve to death eventually because we don't uh, it, biologically we're not designed to like hang out hmm. like Tom Hanks and Outcast uh, Castaway. <laughs> um, the 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 where we we it's a, it's a we we chimpanzees die you know when right. they get when they get um, shoved off they go like, oh, you can't cause they just wander into the forest and they die alone you don't see one like wandering around so so I think that we all have that fear and then I think creatives are going you know this is my version of throwing a football really hard this is my version of being sexy this is my version of 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 of, of being a diplomat. Yeah. I'm, I'm none of those things. Um, so I'm going to sit at this keyboard or go into my wood wood sh- wood shop, and I'm going to I'm going to use my hands or my brain or something to actively create usefulness for myself, yeah. and 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 that way I'm covered. I'm not going to get kicked out. Um, and so if you if you 
if you start from that relationship, the thing that never happens is you never you never remerge with the tribe. You you can get into an elevator on the bottom floor and push a button that takes it all the way up to the top floor, but it's an elevator and you're in it by yourself. Right. Um, it's it's not you're because you're actively choosing to, to, no, to other people just hug each other and just have unconditional love. <laughs> like, like I think all creatives are have like a little bit of a a loose wire. No, I think so too. I mean, in you know, this is our hundredth episode, so thank you first of all. Um, See, I, and do you feel yet like you've made people like you? No, you're gonna die trying. <laughs> it, it's true. Episode. Like no, it's like, and we've done we've had a few mild and cool successes, and also. But it, there's something like you you feel alone and isolated, but at the same time, at least, and I read something you you mentioned, your podcast is kind of like therapy for, for you. Um, but it's like I get to talk to all these other people who kind of feel the same way. Like they're pioneering, they're trailblazing, and that's a lonely journey, right? And, you know, there was a woman on a few weeks ago named Sherry Hirsch who is – I think she's the 60th woman to ever be uh, become a rabbi, and um, and has done all this like corporate consulting and and you know and written books and talks to massive groups of people and is highly sought after. And asked her a very similar question, and like there was a, a, a long sigh and a look at the table, and it was like, yeah, I am, you know, kind of lonely. It's it's an interesting space to be in. Yeah, it's different from saying unhappy. I mean, right. Like like I, I I mean I don't know. Ask my wife like uh, like. I don't even think she'll be able to answer. She married me, and yet there's some kind of like, like it's like it's a constant challenge. Like I'm, I got I got I got some kind of scorch on my circuit board somewhere that that I, I'm I'm comfortable and I'm happy. I'm doing what I what I want to do all the time. Like I'm never like, you know, going. God damn it! I fucking, like like I remember washing dishes, you know, in a kitchen for 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 other people and like feeling like like okay, I have to like focus on how to wash these dishes really well because the all, only alternative is like violence to myself or others like <laughs> right. like like you know like like I don't because I'm clearly like like feeling like an actual like like this is this is wrong and I'm I'm bad at this and I I hate the person that I'm doing it for and I I don't even have I don't even want the dishes to be that clean frankly they're not even mine and like like always just like this <laughs> dialogue d- right? depression and yeah. you know and all this stuff I I never feel that that's why it was of utmost importance that I either die trying or or get on honest ground in terms of what I do every day but um but the technical answer to the question, like, do you feel, you know, are you still alone? Are you still, like, apart from the pack? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think it's by choice or something. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you kind of have to be. Um, and then at the same time, you know, uh, it, he, anyone can read and you're a very opinionated person in the workplace and outside the workplace. Um, and that those opinions sometimes come with a little friction from, uh, you know, outside individuals. Um, and so you kind of have this, uh, uh, it seems like the world at large has a love hate relationship with you. Like the, like the, you know, the woman who made that quote about like, thank you, you you're representing mm-hmm. us. And at the same time there's, it, so is there a balance between what you need to do from a business standpoint and what Dan Harmon is in, in that work arena versus just kind of doing your own, thing and being your own trailblazer boy uh i mean you could break that into like four different questions that i think i've been asked over the last like like 10 years and what what one of the one of the most important ones is don't you think if you were a 
better person, you'd make more money. Like, like don't you think? That's something that somebody just blatantly asked me at the TCAs one year when I was <laughs> launching Rick and Morty. I had just been Wait, fired. don't you think if you were a better person, well, you'd... Again, no, I got yeah, it. I, I, I re, I, that's how I rephrased his question, but it right. was, it was, that's exactly what it was. You know, he, he stammered and stuttered and, and tried to find his way through it. But what he was really asking, because I was launching a second show after being fired from my first... Um, the truth I've been fired in the past if you, right. you know it's like Sarah Silverman fired me off of the show I created with her and she so, said you're a genius like all in the same breath yeah uh, and and, uh, and so this journalist was asking um, you know like basically you don't, haven't you ever considered that all you'd have to do is shut the fuck up and stop like being like who is this and, and and couldn't you be president then or like you know like right. or, or at least Aaron Sorkin or something like like like, <laughs> like, like because if you were compatible right. like with society that was a bad example wasn't it um but but, but we can all be Aaron Sorkin <laughs> Halloween is coming up the okay. uh, I was trying to think of the name of like somebody that's actually just 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 doing it right you know like right. like in terms of like uh, funny I was think I was trying to think of the same thing too and I I, I couldn't there's there's very few well I would think of my friend Bill Prady who ran, who ran who runs Big Bang Theory and yes. who um, who has j- just launched the Muppet Show on ABC? You know, whenever I see him, it's like a fun, like kind of Prince and the Popper body switching movie, but without the body switching part, where we're both just sort of like he says, like ah, half of the reviews of the Muppet Show are bad, and and I'm like, yeah, no one ever watches anything I do ever, and I, and I <laughs> and I've never met the president, and I don't drive a car so expensive that I don't know how to pronounce it, um, and, and and I mean, do you? Do, you, do either of us really want to switch places? Do you really want to be a critical darling for doing the Muppet Show on ABC? <laughs> uh, is, that, is that is that why you picked that job? Or you know, and you know, and he would say, "I love the Muppets" or whatever. But 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 like, so I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. But he's definitely a guy who like he's a he's a mensch. You know, he knows. He's a he. He gets it. Like he understands the big picture, and and what and what and how to pick his battles. That's the right. phrase. Pick your battles. Pick your battles. Pick your battles. That's always been said to me since I was three years old. You know. And I, um. Anyway, so the question is: so the one fourth of that question you asked is: don't you think if you picked your battles, you could be, you know, you would be so happy, and the world would be yeah. so happy, and you could. And it's like I, this isn't my choice. Like I don't. If you if you really like the the, the outside world. That's not one of those million people that you quoted, you know, that that woman that the quote kind of represents that bubble where you're really close to me, close enough to touch my my sweaty robes. Yeah. Your free Um, T-shirt. If you're if you're not inside that bubble, then you hear my name at the most inappropriate times. um, And I don't blame you for tweeting me and saying, who are you and why are you in my newspaper? (laughs) Chevy Chase, what? Fuck you, you dumb, fat, anonymous, sweaty, hacky piece of garbage. Why are you in my life? Why are you in my brain? Why do I know your name? I don't want to know your name. You're a piece of shit. Shut the fuck up. Stop talking. Stop talking. Just shut up. And and I'm like... I I'm not gonna I mean like stop listening and I I, I didn't I didn't come into your living room and I right. didn't I mean I made I made mistakes and I made mistakes so it's like like and I'm never gonna write that thing that everybody likes because everybody likes air and everybody likes water and those aren't entertaining <clears throat> they're 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 necessary they're very important but <laughs> TV isn't <laughs> like, right um, the the I mean, I'm kind of all over the place but it's like my answer to that guy. At the press conference was like, I of course if I was a different person I would be more successful. Yeah, of course I would. I uh, have a complete. Well, it's, it's also like what it depends on what your measure of success is, right? Uh, you know, I th- I think 
you, I mean, the people who get the emotional, like I like the Muppet Show. I've watched I watched both episodes so far, and then I think it's great. But I'm not like passionate about your buddy as an individual, right? And I think people are passionate about you, and it's like you're going to get like for instance when Community was canceled the internet blew up, right? It was like, hey, give us that thing back, <laughs> right? Um, and that's, it, I think it's in part a testament to you, but also to the the quality of work, right? So it, you can have, you can do both of those things. Same thing with Rick and Morty. It's, you know, very much a, a quality. And I, like, I'm not the biggest Adult Swim fan, and I was like reluctant to like, okay, let me look and see. What, and I laughed out loud, like like a few times. So there's this, there's this thing where people are passionate about the creator, you know, and kind of, well, follow that individual to the, the ends of the earth even if the some people are like eh, that guy's a jerk <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I mean yeah I, and i am a jerk like relative to the people you should be hearing about over coffee like a, a writer shouldn't be famous unless he's like kurt vonnegut or something unless he wrote <laughs> something real like like i i completely agree uh um and i and I, it's it's funny because i <clears throat> I always, I, you know, I live by that sword and I, I get hurt by it sometimes and it all seems very fitting, you know. I I kind of, I, I made a very conscious effort in uh, around season two or three of Community to start Colonel Sandersing it, you know, to start putting my face on the product, my name, like, right. like to 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 personalize it because I because I sensed that that is where survival was that that a, a better, more politically facile writer than me would spend the lifetime of that show making sure that he gets to work for Sony again. Right. Um, whereas I just wanted it to be the best show it could possibly be. And I didn't want to. I just, I just, I didn't like the voices that were suggesting to me that I pick my battles. And by the way, picking your battle, like, like battles, um, when you hear about that, sometimes, like, if you don't work in TV, you might envision me like throwing a, a bottle of Avion across the room and saying, like, <laughs> I, I, somebody bring me my 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 cheddar cheddar pops or something like, cheese I, whiz. like my special like tofu. Bring treat. me my cheese whiz. I, I I I don't have a car. I I go to work. I um and I sit there and. I work on the show, and when the network or the studio calls, I don't return that call sooner than I go to talk to the line producer about how we can get the episode done. Right. I talk to the writers. We stay there until the episode is 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 as perfect as it can be. And since perfection is impossible, people have to sometimes sleep on the sofas in the office <laughs> working on the shows that I work on. And I, I do want to fix that because I don't believe that that's actually necessary. I think yeah. like like the funniest episodes of Community and Rick and Morty were written very quickly as a joke, but uh, and. So, but but anyways, I'm saying I just want to make sure because that would be my worst nightmare because like like it's the opposite. That's why I'm difficult. It's the, the it's 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 because I I'm my obsessive excessive professionalism is what makes me per- unprofessional. What what was it like? Because you mentioned this idea of like Colonel Sandersing yourself in, in association with the show versus doing the, the quality product and letting the product be its what was that why did you make that decision? And what was it was it difficult for you to kinda of like No, I've been doing that forever. I mean what? I was the yeah, I was the kid that like would run into the living room when company was over and my pajamas and like you know, just jump up and down and just anything. Just take those old records off the shelf. <laughs> I just, stra- strangers were always like, I mean, when you grow up in the 70s, if your parents uh, weren't um, 
you know, if they were hands on uh, about their parenting, then by default, like when when strangers came over to your house, that was when you felt the love. And so, like, I, I'm an attention whore, kind of. Like, I, I uh, the the I, I'm no stranger to it. Like, I I I don't mind standing in a spotlight and saying, you know, what's on my mind because I know that some people are gonna laugh and stuff. So the the reason why I made that conscious decision, and it was a very gradual conscious one, it wasn't like Eureka, I think I know what I'm going to do. It was just sort of the gradual process of <sighs> television was changing and the audiences were getting smaller and like community during its first season looked like a, one of those shows that you're never going to remember the name of. It's just going to be here and then it's going to go away um, after like 13 episodes. And um, um, it was, you know, and that was the time that I had spent like trying as hard as I could to to write a TV show that was, you know, as by my standards, like identical to the other stuff, you know, good enough. Like, 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 like it wasn't me phoning it in. It was me trying, trying, trying to fit in. Right. Um, and uh, the I would then they would have me go and do press. So, for for example, so the studio would say, well, you're going to go and you're going to talk to these people. And these are the people who write whether your show is good or bad. And they tell the audience how they should feel about your show in a world where the audience has a million shows to feel things about. And so I would talk to these uh, interviewers and I would, I would, I would, you know, be myself. And the interview would go really well. And then 90% of the articles would, 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 would be, would, would, would brand the show well, you know, with my personality or whatever. And then I would get this phone call um, from, from, you know, a publicist that worked for someone that wasn't me um, saying, okay, good interview. Uh, could you please stop talking about this, 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 and that? And I would say, well, I think, I think that's why people, I, I think they're into it. I think they like it. I think they feel like it's kind of an open source like thing. I think yeah. they, I think they feel like there's a, there, there's genuine. Uh, yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's like, you know, the audiences are shrinking and it's like, it's, it's, it's about passion now. Like these are the, the, the early days of breaking bad is happening. And like, like it's, it's like, I think we need to, I don't think the show is going to be cheers. I don't think it's going to be Seinfeld. I don't think there is going to be another cheers or Seinfeld ever. Um, and I, 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 and, and, and the, that, that person would say, that's not, I don't, that's not what I'm concerned with. I'm concerned with this and that. And I thought, okay, conflict of interest. Like you, right. you work for one entity. You want to make sure that that entity is protected and that you don't get fired. I work for myself. I'm a contractor. Like, and I want my show to be, to be branded. I want it to reach an audience that will watch it. Like, and I want to be successful in that, but in my business. Right. Um, so I literally hired a publicist that you know was actually like, 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 like and and had sat down at lunch with them and told and said like, I, I need someone that's not representing also the guys that don't want me to yeah. talk about certain things. Like, we need to make me a separate thing. Um, and and uh, and and that was that was a that was the most conscious decision. Well, I think it's great. Is, is, I mean, the fact that you understood your your personal brand because I think a lot of people don't, especially as success starts to happen and there's lots of chatter in your ear. I'm sure for like every show you're that we see or product that we see from you, there's probably ten or twenty other ones like coming from uh, you know staff, friends, family, you know Joe Schmo on the street, and you're like it, it can. It can 
make the journey a little bit cloudy. And that's why some people jump from thing to thing. But like understanding your personal brand from from jump has been pretty, you know, uh, uh, just a great experience, it seems like. Yeah, I think that comes from the this, this sincere and tragic fact that um, I don't understand who I am or how I'm supposed to relate to other people. And so I can very sincerely just try for my entire life. My message is always, you know, I'm not, I'm not a guy that like pretends to be a man of the people and then goes home and like, there's a, there's a hitchhiker in the crawl space or like, you know, or, or is it, or is it, or, or, or tells people like, I, 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 you know, like, like uh, he's, he's so charming because his act is all about how, uh, uh, he's dumber than his wife and he, and he just uh, wants to make her happy, but then he goes, home and like he's like a huge asshole and like yes. does all this weird stuff and has a sex dungeon and the the I, I don't so you have listened to my show I don't <laughs> I've, I've just finished talking, <laughs> talking to your lawyer but he told me what not to mention you're like in fact uh, let's bring in the law <laughs> the um so, so because there's no uh, honestly what you see is what you get and what you see is like I don't know what you're seeing like it's like I mayhem it's, it, what, confusion it's just no I'm just saying like you're, 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 you're looking at a guy that's saying you're looking at me and you're and and he's saying i i'm standing here and that's all that's happening like right. like, like so like it, it that's i'm able in my work to just simply try to make people like me while simultaneously being completely honest about that fact right. not, like the show is called community and it's about people being more important than systems and and i don't I don't secretly like love systems or anything, like, and nor do I like have a bunch of friends that I don't. That well, I mean, I, that's the basics of it, right? It's, it's, it's uh, write what you know, and, yeah. and but but you took a little bit more of an internal approach. And one of the things I, I noticed, even from a, a kind of extending the personal brand or just like your own methodologies, is this uh, embryo model it's mm-hmm. a module, um, which I, I would love for you to walk through it, uh, and then also because um, I, I like that it's kind of uh, not just a creative construct but a life construct yeah for sure i mean if you yeah there's a lot of screenwriting books and um tv writing books uh that are all really good like i i i the ones that i learned structure from are sid field and um uh, you know you and uh uh, I mean, that's the big example, and there's like, but the, but they all kind of like they all kind of go back to Joseph Campbell in one way or another. Um, and um, Joseph Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces, it wasn't a screenwriting book; it was just a book about a guy who grew up a Boy Scout and a Catholic who was really passionate about these Native American stories, who started noticing similarities between parables about Christ and like these Native American folk tales that right. predated Christ and also had no way of of, of being touched by Christian. Uh, culture so he started you know his 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 life work became comparative mythology and he and he, everybody has a jesus yeah exactly everybody has a genesis myth you know right. it's like, 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 like it's it's astounding how like uh, you know these these uh, religions that we've never even heard of because they're so sort of like they're like artisan <laughs> like they never they never broke out and became the McDonald's of religion but they existed concurrently and they also have like that concept of you know basically all origin mythologies kind of center around uh, once upon a time we were sort of uh, serene and balanced because we didn't have sentience and then something happened right um, and and because it happened we are now sort of 
doomed a little bit yep. um, to understand that what we eat is also alive and that therefore we're going to die, which is something the <laughs> things we eat don't have to think about while they're eating the things they eat. And so we're sort of fucked in this relationship we have with this God. And so um, the, the, anyways, the, the, we, we've all – that's a human condition and it expresses itself through this thing called mythology. And mythology doesn't – isn't just stories around a campfire. It's, it's, it's pop music. It's, it's the dream you're describing to your friend on the subway. It's, it's, it's drawings on a napkin. It's, it's, it's basically everything. I mean sure. it's, it, I would even say it includes science, our relationship with the cosmos and the way that we – because that's, that's this hero's journey that Joseph Campbell describes is the scientific method. It's you, you create a hypothesis. You go across the threshold of, of, of experimenting. You, you reach yep. a conclusion, a theory, and then you, you test that theory, blah, blah, blah. I probably got that wrong, but it's like you basically like, you go you go around you go down there on this journey and your goal is to like atone with this thing that you didn't know before and uh so i i, I became obsessed with the with joseph campbell's stuff and his book is very the, the hero of a thousand faces is very dense it's very academic uh prose you know and um, I'm a bad reader in the first place. I can't. I can't, I can't I keep, oh, me too. I, I move like, my I can... lips when I read. Like, <laughs> uh, and I, I'm not. I'm not kidding. Like, I can't read any faster than I can talk because I have to hear the words in my head. So it's like, and I have to like, if I think about anything in the paragraph, I lose the rest of the paragraph. And have <laughs> it's to so it. funny. Like, I'm in the exact same way. <laughs> like, I, I will not finish a book. It, like, it has to be super enthralling for me to like. So I just sort yeah. of became just to help myself, like, like a like a sort of I don't know a, a differently abled person building their own ramp, you know to. To, to where they work, um, because I, I just started like codifying the the, the Campbell what Campbell right. was saying. Like, and I'm also just obsessed with like simplicity. Like, I don't believe that I think everything has to be kind of symmetrical and simple simple if it's actually true. Um, and, and and so I you know whereas Campbell is talking about. You know, these are the these are the thousand things that can happen when right. you're engaged in this initiation of descent and return. It was like for him, it was more spiritual and it was more. Um, academic and for me it was about engineering it was like I want to codify this process so that I waste less time I used to perceive it as a waste of time that you spend most of the time writing not writing that you're trying to figure out what to write next I was like is there a way to just examine this the same I, carpenters did this you yeah. know the everyone does this but us why don't we examine this process and try to eliminate the the waste you know but you also talk about like the like the like the you know and it's based on a character which you know for, for all intents and purposes on this show we talk about human centered design a lot like we're designing for an individual mm-hmm. right it's yeah. like you as you write you're writing from what you're t- you could tell the story to one person or to millions um but you go it's the starts out with the character and then at some and I'm forgive me I'm, I'm botching it but at some point they encounter a situation that they're reluctant to to yeah, enter I mean it's, it's it's all it's already too complicated for me to say that like, right. like 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 reluctance is a very commonly used way of making the audience identify with the character you're talking about but right. in the most basic terms that I can think of the shape that we recognize as a story because that became my obsession is a, a graphic designer can tell you um, when a yellow cylinder becomes a banana, um, without adding any, you know, any more lines than necessary, and they'll, 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 they obsess about that stuff. And it's like, so the equivalent of that in storytelling is like, when is something just information, and when does that become um, a, a story? What does that mean, a story? And uh, as far as I was able to boil it down, it's you know something that you 
uh, relate to is almost too fine a point to put on it, but something that you you are a character, if you will, um, it, you know, it, 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 uh, has a an incompletion of some kind, right. like a, a problem or a or a wish or a you know something wrong, um, something off balance, and therefore. Um, that thing yeah. is thrust um, into new circumstances that it, it uh, ha- has to adapt to. Um, it becomes native to those new circumstances. It converts. Um, and and um, it also usually, like, it, 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 then there's a process of, like, sort of, on a major scale, death and resurrection, but death and resurrection could mean I left my car keys in the car. Yeah. A story could be you're sitting in your car, you know, and you go and get ice cream and come back. It's not a good story. I don't think like <laughs> I don't think I'd go see it. But it is a great story. But yeah. a story. But it's just you know ice cream keys. The, but if you just say I'm eating ice cream, that's not a story. Like right. if I'm on the phone with you. But if you say I was just eating ice cream and I left my keys in the place, so I had to go back and I I, I looked all over and I found I found him in the last place I looked, and that, now I came back here. So anyways, I'm, I'll, I'll be right over at that meeting right. that's a story but, um so so the you know it's like you it's the problem solving aspect of it and I, th- I think that's you know maybe not the identifying with the character or like some of the cliche things we hear but it is like the human nature to solve problems right it's it's, and- it's the human nature also to to be in unfamiliar circumstances so you look at the at our genetic library and why that might be the case it's obviously because well not obviously i shouldn't say that but i'm not a scientist but uh the it seems clear to me when you look at hummingbirds and uh, earthworms and uh, giraffes and things that you what you see is two different strategies of survival biologically. One is to get really, really compatible with your environment on a fundamental level to like let the environment shape you so that you can be other things around you by you know being the key that fits that lock. Uh, the downfall of that strategy when it falls down is that environments change. Uh, you know, the hummingbird's flower that it, it can suck nectar out of might uh, go away. And the hummingbird doesn't just migrate or anything. It just falls down and dies. Uh, um, so the other strategy, uh, which we represent, uh, the branch of evolution, is it's like, uh, let's take all comers. Let's be ready for anything. Um, this, this world is unforgiving and unpredictable, and it's stupid to think that we understand it. And what we have to be ready for is just anything. And at the same time, we do have to we do have to survive, and that does mean we have to be smart and we have to pool our knowledge and 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 keep things as consistent to yesterday as possible. But we worship and admire and fetishize the uh, the principle of risk and adaptation um, because I think that our branch of DNA represents uh, the organisms that for whom risk always pays off. Right. Because the dead men don't tell any tales. Well, I mean, that, that also kind of speaks to the entrepreneurial journey, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. carved out your own lane. Uh, on the show, we talked to a, n- a number of entrepreneurs or intrapreneurs who, you know, are inside of an organization and doing their own thing. Um, and that's, you know, that's super commendable and it's uh it's it's definitely one of those things where i don't know just people are are just drawn to carving out that space and and uh, you well that's how we sell capitalism to people it's the story of you know donald trump going like i used to only have a million dollars now i got 10 million or whatever (laughs) because if he said the truth which is that if you measure what he was born into and what he now currently has like i think he's basically he's he's as successful as me when i was washing dishes he's like showing up to work right his job happens to be to have a shitload of money and he's done just as well 
well at it as I did washing dishes. So that's not a fun story. Like we we capitalism does lend itself to like yeah. like with only a couple of lies you can make a hero out of out of out of a villain because they're a self-made man and they they defied everybody and people tried to tell me <laughs> that I couldn't make a company that that, that 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 you know they said they said poison belongs in a in a poison bin not in a river and I said you're wrong and I put poison in the river and now I'm stand before you <laughs> as the biggest poison river poisoner in all the world and we're kind of like yeah that, I want I want to be that I want to do that I, want I, I don't like my boss I don't like washing dishes I feel like a hobbit in the Shire I want to be Gandalf I want to go out there and poison rivers and make money <laughs> but people do want to like I was listening to a riff of yours on millennials right and and like there's so much talk around generational entrepreneurship right with Gen X like you know I went my first job out of college I worked at Chrysler you know and like that that was kind of the you know the the road where you've got I will say millennials I mean entrepreneurs come in all ages and and demographics but um, this idea that there's a, a construct that happens whether it's an education and the educational system is failing to place jobs and blah blah there's a system systemic issue but at the same time there are so many millennials starting companies and doing what you're saying like I want to be Gandalf yeah. right, right. and they're actually doing it well I, I, I mean they're or, or I should say they're doing it right um, I don't know if they're doing it well the, I think I think I think one of the I've, I've said a lot of bad things about millennials that's what old people do they hate the young you know like, oh, they're gonna get eaten but um, I, and I, the son eats the I don't father. I don't like that they're team players I don't like that they love their parents I don't like that they think language is magical these are things that are incompatible with the way I grew up and the hero that I worship you know which is somebody who's who is you know raised by shitty parents and, right. and, and uses any words he can grab to like gain his liberation um, it's hard then to be told that you're microaggressing and uh, um, you know that they need a trigger warning and all that stuff. The, but so there's friction there between me and that generation. But I I I the great thing about the millennials, if to, and by the way, all general statements about generations are full of sure, shit. But whatever. Exactly. But let's talk about this concept on the table. The, the the great thing about that generation is they actually, even though they believe in the system, they don't trust the one that we have. They they don't. They have they they they. they Simply don't see a kind of like Cobainian uh, uh, <laughs> punk rock need to right. just vandalize and subvert. Um, they for the, for its own sake um, to 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 passively aggress. Like they see a need to get things done. And under underneath there is the way that they're most compatible with me because underneath there, whether they recognize it or not, they don't believe that things are going to happen unless they make them happen. Yeah, it's, they, it's 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 like a, it's like a uh, a native disruption, right? A native instinct for disruption because it, it like you said like Kurt Cobain or punk rock was like a very blatant movement right and I think the closest thing we have right now is like the shared economy <laughs> you know yeah yeah, people, yeah and that's I think that's cool and it's like I would be the first person to be and that, I mean Gen X is always good at this self-loathing like I, the millennials aren't that great at it but like <laughs> we invented it I feel like like that, that was back then it seemed it seemed uh, revolutionary because we were raised by the generation that had their own trivial pursuit edition and, and, and Forrest Gump is just porn for these people like <laughs> they, they just love thinking about themselves and all that they've accomplished oh we made the Beatles on the moon with Ed Sullivan and we did oh boy a booba dooba doo and if you're gonna live under this roof you should be like me where are your Beatles where's your moon and, right. and and we reacted by going how about fuck you how about how about take your shampoo and your and your consistent beats and your fucking like reliable <laughs> consistent <beats. laughs> capital records industry and all those right. sh- just sh- take it and just don't even shove 
it up your ass. Like just just go in the other. Just room. rub it on there. Yeah, just rub it on there. Go do go do your <laughs> own thing with it. I'm gonna go in the alley and I'm gonna lean up against the dumpster with David Cross. Look at the ground and uh, write poetry about broken glass or do jokes about jokes about jokes. And uh, and we it was a beautiful like that's my home. That is my right. native tongue. And uh, and uh, but 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 it doesn't get you anywhere necessarily. Now those people had kids. I should have kids now at my age, but and if I did, they'd be one of these kids that are like, "Fuck you, Dad! You lazy, dirty, weird, uh, pointlessly rebellious uh, curmudgeon!" <laughs> like you, uh, when did you become a curmudgeon? Like I, you know, I'm sure Gen X parents are like showing their kids yearbook photos. They're like, yeah. "Wait, you were mad back then too?" Right, right. <laughs> well, I, right. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> and, and and what's so bad about Grandpa? Well, he spanked me. Um, well, you seem like you deserve it. You can go to prison for a spanking now. <laughs> so, I didn't get a spanking while you're in prison. Um, what is the moral of the Dan Harmon story? Oh, God. Uh, it's um, the fast, die old. No, I don't. I don't uh, um, what is the moral of the Dan Harmon <laughs> The fast, die old? I like that. I think, it, well, I, think it's, I think it's you can't take it with you or something like that. I feel, I feel like there's some kind of horrible, like, uh, I don't know. I feel like one of these, like archetypes that's like I don't know I feel like like I I should it's like I'm gonna I know I'm gonna be dying and I'm gonna go like oh I should have been nice call it a vision crush (laughs) I've uh, why didn't why didn't I why didn't I go to my 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 wife's show at UCB like I, I, why did I think I, what the other thing was more important? Like I'm just gonna be one of those people. It's like uh, I should have called my dad. Like like I, I, the world's gonna have something to do with just yeah. Who cares? You're never gonna accomplish your way into uh, happiness. I guess. All right, we'll end on a high note. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so stop stop innovating out there. Now, uh, last but not least, complete this phrase for me. Innovation to me is. Uh, Oh, do I, should I do it quickly? Because you, you can would, do it quick. Do it however you f- see fit. Inno- well, innovation is uh, is doing it wrong. I mean, innov- by definition, innovation is is because everything that's already been done the right way has been done. So, innovating is mistakes. It's purposely making mistakes or, or accidentally, but it's like you're it's 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 hacking it's it's changing code it's like it's doing it wrong it's not using a coaster and finding out that your table's a giant coaster <laughs> i thought you were pointing out the fact that my no trick was i'm not on a coaster you but th- you're no, the one I'm that being didn't defensive. use your t- I was, like you're asking me a question about innovation and i'm like <laughs> I, I can parlay this into a way to not get yelled at for exactly. using a coaster <laughs> Um, where can people find you on the interwebs and the, uh, and the- uh, I did go, go, I don't know. Just, just Google me and scroll past the Chevy Chase stuff. Um, and you'll no, find that's me the somewhere. good stuff. <laughs> no, go ahead. Click on that too. But, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I could benefit from, uh, 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 there's going to be this show Harmon Quest um, on uh, this thing that hasn't really officially launched yet so I can't really plug it I mean it's like just remember maybe the words Harmon Quest uh, uh, if you like uh, uh, D&D like role playing games and stuff like that if there's anybody out there that hasn't heard of me but does love that stuff maybe you should like uh google around and y- y- you can you can you can like that and not like me and, and and there's a pretty cool show i'm working on that you'll be able to see so set up a google alert for uh harman quest yeah if you yeah if that's your cup of tea <laughs> it's like rolling rolling dice and like uh 
uh, drinking a lot of Mountain Dew. And being racist. And being racist. Uh, that goes without saying. <laughs> That's the non-innovative uh, path to progress <laughs> or uh, success. If you like people, then you'd be doing it wrong. And you'd be, that's self-innovation. Yeah. But anyway, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Uh, this has been another great installment of Innovation Crush. Thank you just for another, joining us. It's just been another great one. No, this is the... This is the great greatest. Yeah. Thank uh, sorry. You. Thanks for rewriting. Re- read the contract next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>